Hi, it's Terry McCarty, and uh, welcome again to Reviews and Otherwise, and uh, please uh, forgive me for the uh, delay uh, between uh, one show and another, but uh, I'll go ahead and uh, quickly uh, do some uh, commentary reviews, and uh, first of all, Scream 2022, and I will have to confess I'm not as uh, steeped in the franchise as many others, and I kind of wasn't interested back in the 90s all that much, and have caught up with some of it uh, more recently. I did go to the theater and saw the Craven's uh, fourth film. And the fifth one is, of course, not Craven since he passed away, but or Kevin Williamson, but it's been left in the care of people who have some respect uh, for what the earlier entries were. And like the fourth film, there's a certain amount of, uh, well, what they call in this one, requel, uh, where you have the new young cast and the, what they call legacy, the, you know, original uh, members uh, reappearing, and to get it off to the proper start, uh, there's a homage to the uh, Drew Barrymore opening sequence of the first film, but uh, this time it's the really good uh, Jenna Ortega uh, embodying that, and uh, that's probably the one of the best uh, sequences in it. And um, and also one could mention too that. Uh, Melissa Barrera, I remember from In the Heights, who plays the half-sister, is uh, quite good too, um, and uh, also uh, Dennis and Meg's son, uh, Jack Quaid, uh, provides, well, uh, he's a, I'll just say he's a key character without uh, anything to spoil anything. So, if you're at home and renting it, uh, it's uh, not bad, and um, it's surprisingly not bad when you compare it to the Halloween Kills, which uh, is, uh, you know, the inferior continuation of the of the Carpenter series and or Carpenter uh, launched a series uh, to be correct so and I'm aware with the with the new scream that there are people that uh, love the Craven entries and aren't that uh, enthused uh, about the new one and think it's like a, you know, steep drop 
uh, off the cliff and terrible, etc., etc. But I would think most people uh, seeing it aren't going to be that uh, analytic uh, about it. And maybe the only thing you could say is you could compare Craven's fourth film with this one is that there's a little bit of of uh, finger wagging at those young people and uh, this time the f climactic finger wagging has to do with the people who go on Twitter and other sites and uh, second guess uh, sometimes uh, very vehemently decisions directors uh, take in uh, franchise sequel making and some of this is meant to go ahead and uh, recall all the unnecessary uh, abuse that uh, Ryan Johnson endured for uh, putting his own stamp on the, on the Star Wars saga with uh, Last Jedi which to me, out of this recent trilogy, better than the Abrams films on either side of it. So, from there, um, let's uh, very, very quickly move on to Serenno, which is the Joe Wright film that uh, uh, somehow working title did it, but Universal didn't pick it up. It went to uh, NGMUA, which uh, did a award season release late last year for one week and then just sort of uh, moved the 2022 release date around and uh, uh, wound up uh, plopping it out and, and uh, two weeks in theaters, crash the second week in theater up against the Batman uh, Super Crash. So as of tomorrow the 8th, it goes to uh, On Demand. And uh, it's Joe Wright's best film in, in uh, quite a while since the uh, experimental uh, adaptation of Anna Karenina. And uh, it's a uh, musical drama, uh, and it pretty much works. Uh, Peter Dinklage uh, playing Sereno more as a high challenge than, uh, than uh, nasally challenged, but it's more to do with he can't uh, get past the mindset of his that no, uh, no woman could love him. And... Uh, Haley Bennett is Roxanne and Calvin Harrison Jr. are both uh, fine in support and there's probably been some uh, backlash to it being a musical and, and, uh, and Dinklage uh, singing but to me his voice isn't bad it's just uh, expect sort of a mixture of, uh, of, well, let's just say it's kind of Lee Hazelwood-ish, and uh, 
and maybe with a trace of Leonard Cohen and uh, and uh, his voice fits his character so no, no problem there and it's uh, one of the best uh, films of last year that's been unfortunately slept on and uh, uh, beautifully shot in Sicily by uh, Wright's uh, cinematographer Seamus McGarvey and uh, highly recommended. And uh, last and briefly, uh, there's a Northern Irish uh, film called Here Before that's uh, now playing on demand uh, with Andrea Riceborough as a woman who lives in a duplex in, in a Belfast uh, cul-de-sac and it turns out that her neighbor has a daughter that reminds her of the daughter uh, who was uh, who died uh, tragically and the and uh, Andrea Riceboro's character begins to believe that the girl, little girl next door is the reincarnation of the late daughter. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention a film that's uh, very arcane by uh, today's standards, almost never uh, discussed, uh, and it's a 1977 film that Robert Wise directed called uh, Audrey Rose, which uh, dealt with uh, reincarnation, and at the time I thought it was kind of like stuffy, and uh, it was sold as a thriller, and it uh, wasn't, and uh, it's but it is uh, a film that uh, took the concept of uh, re reincarnation quite seriously, and uh, if you seek it out, there's a good performance uh, by the younger Anthony Hopkins, and also the title role was played by a, a short career uh, child actress who was from Houston, Texas, named Susan Silver. And uh, it's going back to uh, here before it does for the first hour, uh, puts its own stamp on the uh, idea of reincarnation and it does it a little more uh, deft uh, than, than Audrey Rose did. And uh, it's not, I mean, like Audrey Rose, it's not uh, intended as a uh, commercial horror piece uh, as much as a, with this, it's a examination of, uh, of uh, grief, uh, extended trauma, and the unwillingness or trepidation about uh, trying to find a way to move on with one's life in, in spite of, uh, of uh, having a cataclysmic uh, event such as the death of a child. And, um, 
and for the first hour it's quite uh, quite good but the third act um, without giving anything away the the resolution veers uh, into a different direction and it's there's a there's one or two conventional elements and you can also see toward the end uh, where they grafted on a an ending which probably wasn't intended but uh, was put on probably after test audiences uh, objected to a certain scene. But um, here before it's uh, worth renting and uh, it's a by today's standards, pretty economic, uh, 82 minutes, so for most of the first hour it, it works, and uh, so you'll be able hopefully to live with the sputtering of the last uh, 18 to 20 minutes. And that's it for uh, reviews and otherwise. And I hope to be back later in the week uh, talking about uh, Matt Reeves' latest attempt to uh, revitalize an old franchise, The Batman. So thanks again for listening, and if if you like what you've been hearing, then please, by all means, uh, say nice things via your favorite form of uh, social media and I'll see you again later on this week. Thanks again. Bye for now.